It's go season. The PFF Daily Betting Podcast is ramping up quicker than everyone expected as we are on the cusp of football season. Uh, and it's finally time to get back into the swing of things, put the daily and PFF Daily Betting Podcast. So here we are, Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eager. And we are going to kind of focus on uh, each division uh, every single day for the next week and a half, basically. Today, we are going to touch on the NFC East. Worst division in football last year. All four teams uh, below zero in our spread points above replacement on our power ratings page. Eric, how are you kind of evaluating the current market for the NFC East? I know the Cowboys at their best price all offseason at plus 130. Dak Prescott throwing a little bit light throwing at training camp yesterday. Are you buying into the Cowboys potentially coming away with the NFC East at this point in time? You know, I... I I think that we have the right order in our simulation, so I'm just going to go through this. So we have yeah. um, Dallas it is about one-half of a point below average. Um, Washington is about 0.7 points below average. The Giants are about two points below average. And then Philadelphia about four and a half points below average, um, which gives rise to you know Dallas about a 34% chance to win the division, which is – you know, two to one or so. Washington, 29%, so about 250. Uh, the Giants, uh, 24%. Just think about like three to one uh, or so. And then Philadelphia bringing up the rear at about 13%, which, you know, is seven to one or so. Um, yep. So we, when I look at this, though, Dallas started the offseason really favored about, you know, even minus money. Yeah, and that has grown were... out. Yeah. to about plus 130 you and i got washington at about four to one and then about three and a half to one they're now sitting at about 230 or so 250 depending upon where you look and to me like that makes sense the the trends in both of those i think dallas is still probably a little overvalued um the giants though are sitting there at plus 400 plus 450 or so that to me is the one where i think it makes sense to put a bet. Philadelphia to me is just not a team that's going to win anything this year. Um, but yeah, it, when I look at this division, it, it's a bunch of teams where I think a lot of things could go wrong. And I think a lot of things could go wrong starting in Dallas with Dak Prescott and his injuries, the issues they've had with the coaching staff. But the one I want to look at right now is this Washington football team win total at eight and a half. In some places, we have them about 7.8. Ben, what do you think about that play? I mean, I think they're really overvalued at this point in time, right? Where did they start in the offseason? Kind of like you said, plus 300, I think, uh, early March, basically, at this point in time. They got even further out, plus 325, I think, was their best price of the offseason. I think they're still overvalued with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is the type of person that everyone kind of wants to back. He had a really good season in Miami last year. I think everyone kind of has, you know, Terry McLarlin, Curtis Samuels kind of becoming this quote-unquote top-end duo in the NFL. Um, And, of course, they have Logan Thomas as well. So offensively, I think people are kind of expecting them to uh, improve on what they were at last year. I think they could be better at the quarterback position, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to be the top offense in uh, the NFC East even at this point in time. I give that distinction to Dallas Cowboys. So I don't know. I think that we're not going to see the Ryan Fitzpatrick that we saw last year in Miami from my perspective. I think that people are probably overvaluing him a little bit and then in that regard, they're overvaluing, overvaluing Washington in general. Part of that is due to their defense. Of course, they could have you know top three, top two defense in the NFL. One of the best 
defensive lines uh, in the entire National Football League, but I just don't think that they're going to be good enough at the quarterback position again this year uh, to be a team to contending to and to potentially get over the eight and a half point win total. That's kind of been my assessment all offseason. I think now that they're at, you know, the lowest price that they've basically been all offseason, they're definitely a spot where I'd be fading in the NFC East at this point in time. Is that kind of where you're at as well, Eric? Yeah, I mean, we were on over last year for them at five, and obviously they went over. And not only that, they're, you know, when you look at their Pythagorean win total, it was 8.2, 25th in points per game, fourth in points per game allowed. But I do want to look at this and say this is where Pythagorean win totals don't necessarily uh, tell the whole story. Because when you look at the schedule of opposing quarterbacks for them, let's just look at their wins, okay? They beat Carson Wentz. Right. They beat a combination of uh, Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci. They beat Joe Burrow, who got injured, into Ryan Finley. Andy Dalton again. Big Ben Roethlisberger, okay, is an NFL quarterback. They went ahead and beat him on the road. <laughs> they won against Nick Mullins in Arizona against the 49ers. Right. And then week 17, they went ahead and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who were playing Jalen Hurts and Nate Sudfeld. Those are their wins. Like, they don't have an impressive win against a good quarterback. And and then you look at their losses. The lot, they got they got beat by two touchdowns by Kyler Murray. They got beat by two touchdowns uh, by Baker Mayfield. They got beat by two touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. They got beat by three touchdowns by Jared Goff in right. successive weeks. Uh, they lost two close games to the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. Uh, they lost to Matthew Stafford. Uh, they they actually did hold Seattle to only twenty points. That was a pretty impressive. That was effort. a weird although, game. Yeah. yeah, although Seattle was in the in the pit of misery offensively at the time, right, like they were right. not clicking. And then they lost at home to Teddy Bridgewater. So, like when I look at this, and everybody's gonna come back and say, sure, but they got a they got a new quarterback, blah blah blah. This is a team to me that is not a seven win team that I have to convince is one win better to get me to eight and a half with the extra game. This to me is a five or six win team that ran good last year based on their opponents. Right. And you have to convince me that William Jackson, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel are worth the three and a half wins. It's going to take for me to get over this in a normal schedule. The, the athletic just came out with the quarterback tiers. They came out with the opponent uh, quarterback tier difficulty. Washington has a top five schedule this year in terms of quarterbacks face. They got Rodgers, they got Brady, they got Wilson. They got, they got a lot of good quarterbacks on that schedule. Dak twice when last year you had Dalton. To me, this is my favorite bet of the off season because I think I'm fading media narratives. We have so long of an off season. Everybody loves defense. They're falling in love with this defense and no one's peeling back the onion a little bit to actually see how impressive they were last year. Right. And they were a really good defense last year, but like you touched on, it was based solely on the fact that they played a string, an unprecedented string of backup quarterbacks. Right. And that obviously has some impact on their performance. Uh, and, you know, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head at this point in time. I do think they are probably the best team to fade. I do think that they are really popular in the media, kind of like you touched on. I do think 
people want to buy into Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point in time. So I think fading that narrative is a really good um, suggestion. What are you? How are you kind of evaluating like the team dynamics as a whole? Then right, the, you got the COVID situation. You got Ron Rivera frustrated in the media, pleading with his players to you know get vaccinated for his you know for his benefit as well. Um, do you think that that's kind of like? the final straw for him? Does he not really have any other choice? And he's trying to plead with his team through the media in order to kind of get them to hopefully do what he wants. And what does that kind of signal to you about their 2021 prospects? Is that something that you can kind of factor in at least from, you know, your own understanding of the game in order to fade them even further? Is that kind of what you're doing as well? That, I mean, Curtis Samuels are one of their biggest reading additions this year. He still has not been activated from the COVID-19 list because he's legitimately suffering from COVID-19. Right. And we saw like, even though these guys are great athletes, like this virus is no joke. We saw it hurt Cam Newton a season ago um, at a position where you don't need to run or have like the kind of lungs you need to be able to play wide receiver. I think it's a non-trivial thing. And I think that Rivera not necessarily having the, um, you know, the locker room quite as much as we thought. There's also Del Rio who, you know, is what he is as a defensive coordinator. Like, again, there's a, just a lot of fragility here. And and let's back this thing up again. Like, and, and uh, my my co-host on the PFF forecast gave me a little bit of flack for this, but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna get us to the base rates here uh, on Ryan Fitzpatrick because Fitzpatrick's had some good seasons in a row. He has four consecutive seasons uh, with a QBR, for example, over 50, meaning he's actually like a winningish quarterback out right. there. But you look at, like, the base rates, Fitzpatrick's never thrown um, – he, he's never really had a season, uh, you know, with – you know, he's never won, right? Like, he's – I mean, he – basically, he's never – he's never won he, – he's never been in the playoffs. He's never had, like, a really good season. Um, and, and we're sort of, like, coming back and looking at him – you know, sort of as the savior, when is that really fair? I think Fitzpatrick's sort of more of like a kind of a middle-of-the-road quarterback where this Washington team, like I said, to get from a five-win total this year to an eight-and-a-half win this year, you're looking for Fitzpatrick to be worth multiple war. And right. I just really right. don't see that. Like, I, I think he's probably worth maybe a win-and-a-half. Um, so that, that's just a tremendous haul there. And again, let, let I mean, let, let's just talk for a second here. Uh, about the quarterbacks that this Washington football team faces because it's not trivial. They got Herbert week one. They got Josh Allen week three, Matt Ryan week four, Patrick Mahomes week six, Aaron Rodgers week seven, uh, Tom Brady week nine, Russell Wilson week 11, and then they have they have to travel to Las Vegas to go to Derek Carr six days later. Then you have two against Dak Prescott down the stretch. It's like – it's just going to be a different season for them and it's going to be a a grind just to get to maybe six or seven wins let alone nine that that you need to get to this over yeah i definitely agree with you on that i mean i do think you know going through obviously it's really easy to mark win loss or something like that but i do think charges in week one is a game where if you are kind of expecting them to do well this year perform over eight and a half point eight and a half wins they have to win against the chargers in week one they have to beat the giants at home in week two because they have a brutal stretch of games with the chiefs with the packers um you know sandwiched in there of course thankfully they have the broncos which could be you know a difficult game traveling to denver and then they have 
the Buccaneers at home. So from that stretch, uh, it's going to be really difficult for Washington, especially if they kind of start off slow and are, you know, basically one and two after playing the Bills in week three. So I definitely uh, buy into that narrative quite a bit as well. I do agree with you. I think, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, kind of the magic surrounding him has been, you know, overcoming this like backup quarterback stigma sort of situation. But he still hit the nail on the head, right? He was a backup quarterback that is probably a mid-tier you know, NFL quarterback at this point in time, right? So he overcame being the backup, but he's not necessarily in that, you know, upper echelon of quarterback play that's going to really elevate this team to, you know, perform well above expectation. And, and, you know, if he doesn't play up to his war of like three, three and a half, they're going to be really difficult to get over that eight and a half game total. So I like that. But so then how are you kind of evaluating the rest of the division? I know we, us two have kind of given out the Giants uh, at, you know, a worse price than what they are now at this point in time. I think we talked about them on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast in June, July timeframe when they were plus 350. We like them. We like some of their player props season-long numbers with Daniel Jones and Kelly, Kenny Galladay as well. Is that a spot you could be buying into at plus 450, basically 17% implied probability at this point in time to win the division? Yeah, it's one of those where I'm nervous because of all the the news that's coming out. Right. You know, with with Joe Judge, with Jason Garrett, you know, Galladay being ha- having a hamstring problem, Kadarius Tony getting uh, COVID. Like, there's a lot of things where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not going well. I will say though, like when you compare this team to other teams of its ilk, like the Jaguars were, were running so bad in the fall or in the, in August of 2017, they started Chad Henney over Blake Bortles in the third preseason game. Like it, it, it's, you know, it's not unprecedented for these teams to like, you know, to, to sort of have these troubles right now and still be okay. I think, look, like I think Dallas is going to win this division, but I, I would not bet it at the mar- current market prices in any way. I think if they were to falter, your better bet is the Giants. So it's far from an endorsement of the New York Giants. It's more to say, look, I think Philadelphia is not going to be very good. Um, you know, we already see Devontae Smith's hurt. Jalen Rager doesn't look all that great. J- uh, Jalen Hurts has given no indication that he's going to be a great starter. I think you can discard Philadelphia Eagles from any sort of positive betting. Maybe you throw a little right. on them to uh, to have a the worst record, let's say, in the uh, in the NFL as maybe a, a decent bet, but then from there, like you have to make a choice between the Washington Football Team and the New York Giants in the event that Dallas falters. I think if Dallas, I think if Dallas does well this year, neither one of these teams is beating them. And, right. and when I look at when I look at the New York Giants, like they just have they're not playing a first place schedule. So you know when it comes to you know sort of playing the Packers and the Bucks. It's not going to be like that, right? And they're going to have a different uh, sort of sort of road there. Um, uh, they will face the Bucks, um, but they won't have to face, for example, Seattle or or Green Bay. Um, and they and they have a defense with with Peppers, um, you know, with Leonard Williams and things like that. Blake Martinez was great last year. James Bradbury. Like I think their defense is not being talked about like Washington's is, but it's very much in that category. Um, so, yeah, I think you sprinkle a little bit on the Giants. It's a hold-your-nose situation, right? It's very much like Washington last year where you're holding your nose the whole time and it ends up happening and you're happy. But to me, that's the best, that's the best odds, that you're betting the numbers here, not the teams. 
Right. Yeah. I think I still think if I think if Dak Prescott plays 13 games this year, the Cowboys are going to easily win the NFC. So it's kind of my perception at this point in time. I think plus 130, not a great number, especially to tie up that sort of capital, you know, all season at this point in time. I do think you're probably better off betting some game lines on uh, the Cowboys if you buy into them. Um, but we'll see what actually ends up here. I do think the Giants are probably the best play if you're looking from a pure EV perspective on the NFC East in general. But in saying that, I think the lock of the day has to be the Washington football team under eight and a half win total at this point in time. I think it's the only play. Maybe you can do some no to make the playoffs or something like that. Sprinkle that in as well. But one of those two bets, definitely the recommendation from the PFF Daily Betting Podcast today. So from Ben Brown, this was Eric Eager. Check us out again tomorrow and every day going forward as we touch on all of the future bets you need to make coming up for the NFL and college football season. Thank you, guys. Fantasy football season is here, and we are now offering 25% off any PFF subscription to all first-time subscribers with promo code FLASH25 only until August 9th. For just $7.50, get access to PFF's Fantasy Football Draft Guide, player rankings and projections, all of PFF's locked article content, cheat sheets for your fantasy draft, and more. Again, that's promo code FLASH25 for 25% off any PFF subscription. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for just $7.50. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff basketball game. All players who place a bet on that featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on that game. Every 1,500 players who bet on the over for a selected game, that total will drop by one point. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw with your funds at your convenience at any time. You can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to hammer that over. For every 1,500 people who bet that over in the feature game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the overhitting. So tell your friends and family this is going to be a team effort. Hammer that over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code PFF for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Max bet $25. One wager per customer. Offer ends May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 